At this time, um, we're excited to have the Briners with us, Daniel and Queen, I believe. And they're going to come up and they're going to share their heart and their ministry. And uh, so let's just give them a center point welcome. Amen. Thank you. All right. Well, good morning, church. How are you guys today? Good. So um, we are the Briners. My name's Daniel. This is my wife, Queen. Uh, I tell people, yes, I am married to a queen. (laughs) Um, But she has a Vietnamese name, which looks like Kuyen. So you can see on the screen. Oh, well, actually, you cannot. So let me see here. Okay, there we go. Um, And then we have two small kids, Peter and Grace, and they are home with their aunt today. Um, But we're here and excited to see you guys and uh, share with you a little bit of just our heart uh, and share some about our ministry. So uh, first of all, a lot of times people say to me, no offense, sir, but uh, you don't look old enough to be a missionary. So I say, oh, thank you for that boost in confidence. Um, so I'm actually 31, but just blessed to look like I'm still in high school. So <laughs> that's okay. When I'm old, then I'll be thankful that I look so young. Uh, so we have been missionaries to Cambodia for four years, and we work with the Vietnamese in Cambodia. And my wife, like I said, is Vietnamese. And um, we're back now for one year raising funds, and then we'll go back and do another four years in Cambodia, and Lord willing, just keep doing that cycle of four years in Cambodia, one year in the States, and spend our lives serving the Lord in Cambodia. Yeah. Um, Okay, well, next, uh, I have a short video that I'd like to show you guys, which will give you an update about our ministry, so let's take a look. Imagine if you grew up in this community. Imagine if you lived in this home with a family of six. Imagine if your house flooded each year during rainy season. Imagine if you were eight years old and could not go to school. Instead, you had to cut fish to sell for nine hours a day. Worst of all, imagine if you had never heard the good news of the gospel. Many of the Vietnamese that we minister to here in Cambodia were in a similar situation. In 2022, together with a local believer, God helped us to start a house church which meets in two Vietnamese communities. Now these children are able to study five days a week. Now these children have a brighter future. Most importantly, now these children are able to learn about the love and hope of Jesus Christ. The way that God has used our time here in Cambodia gave us just hope, and we are believing for a brighter future for the Vietnamese here in Cambodia. Um, so as you can see, Cambodia is a small country in Southeast Asia <clears throat> next to Vietnam, Thailand, and Laos. And if I had to describe Cambodia in a few words, I would say it is very poor, very Buddhist, and very hot. So doesn't that sound like a great place we get to go and spend our lives? Um, It's not an easy place, but uh, God has called us there, and we love Cambodia. I think when you see this woman's face, you can kind of see why we can't help but love the people of Cambodia. So let 
next, let me tell you uh, some of my story. Um, I was born and grown up in a traditional Vietnamese family, which believes in Buddhism and worship ancestor. Um, this kind of religion left me with a feeling of hopelessness. I remember there was many times I wonder who I am and what is the purpose of my life. So as a younger searching for truth, there was no one there telling me about the hope in Jesus. Yeah, so the first half of Queen's story is so heartbreaking. And the truth is that's the story of literally millions of people in places like Vietnam and Cambodia. So many are feeling hopeless and are searching for truth, but they have no one there to tell them the good news of the gospel. Okay, as I said, Cambodia is very poor. So this is a traditional Cambodian house. So imagine trying to fit your family of, let's say, six and all your possessions into a tiny house like that. As I said, Cambodia is very Buddhist. Okay, so of the 16 million people in Cambodia, around 98% of them are lost. So let that sink in for a second. 16 million people, most of them are on a road that leads towards hell if nothing changes. Yeah, I am a Vietnamese, and in Cambodia, there's about 1 million Vietnamese living in this country. And this is a group of people that we are working with. Um, most of the Vietnamese in Cambodia are very poor. You see a picture of, um, I took with one lady, Yito, when we met, when we trying to share the gospel with her. Um, they, most of the Vietnamese here don't, they don't have document. They don't have citizenship, whether with Vietnam or Cambodia. They are a people without a country. Uh, the Vietnamese here normally live together on villages that are on water or along the riverbanks. And you see uh, in the picture, those are still houses that they built along the riverbank. Um, they live, they have very little or no education, and they survive by fishing or picking up trash to recycle. Yeah. In the picture, if you see some, for some family doing their job of pick em, picking up trash to recycle, the red card is considered their family's precious property. So they live in poverty that we, we can hardly imagine. But worse than that is their spiritual need because we estimate one out of 600 Vietnamese in Cambodia has personal relationship with Christ. That means the majority of, of them never have a chance to hear the gospel in their whole life. So they are so enriched and we continue to be enriched unless someone will bring the gospel to them. Yeah. So as I said, we are the Briners, and we feel that God has called us to bring the gospel to these one million Vietnamese in Cambodia. And we're doing that through a few different things. One is uh, providing basic necessities, okay, such as food during COVID when people couldn't get out and work. Another one is education. Um, and then third would be the gospel, or we do church planting, okay? So I say sharing the gospel. Um Okay, so this is a backpack outreach that we did, and we gave away all these backpacks filled with school supplies, school uniform, toothbrushes, Christian literature, things like that. And these are two kids who received a backpack. Okay, we walk through these Vietnamese communities, and we build relationships and share the gospel. So this is one Vietnamese community, and we walked along that bridge, and there was a floating house, and we met with the family and shared the gospel with them. 
This is another family that we got to know well and share the gospel with. This is me sharing the gospel with a small crowd of people. Uh, as we share the gospel, people come to Christ and we begin discipling them. So these are some young people that we are discipling. And this is Queen teaching a discipleship class. Okay, then we gather them together into a house church. So we, we partnered with my Vietnamese tutor to meet in his home. And so this is the adult group of the house church, and my tutor is the man on the end of the table. This is another picture of the house church adult group. Okay, this is me taking literally a truckload of kids to children's church. And uh, we have a speed of light truck. It seats five, but we packed about ten people in the cab, and we packed the whole back end. And um, it's just awesome to see kids that are excited to learn about God and they're having fun. Okay, then we bought a tuk-tuk, which is a, a cart that's pulled by a motorbike to, so that they can bring the children to children's church while we're gone. This is one of the two children's church groups, and this is the other children's church group. Okay, this is me uh, teaching the Vietnamese kids, and they don't know how to speak slow and, you know, enunciate, so they just, like, speak a mile a minute, and I just try to keep up with them. Yeah. Um, okay, as we go back, we want to continue doing those three things that I told you about. Uh, helping with basic necessities, helping with education, and then doing church planting. And our dream is to, well, first we want to strengthen this house church that we've started, and then go and start more house churches. And our dream is to one day see many churches planted and the light of the gospel just break into this area that's trapped in darkness. So next, let me tell you the rest of my story. Uh, I told you that as a younger searching for truth, there was no one there telling me about Jesus. Well, when I was in college, the Assembly of God missionary from America came to Vietnam. They, um, they, they met me and they taught me English. And they taught, they also taught me about Jesus. And eventually they led me to the Lord. And you see in the picture that white couple. <laughs> yeah. And after that, God opened doors for me to involve in different kinds of ministry. Uh, I became the manager of their missionary coffee shop, which in Vietnam is a communist country. We use coffee shop as a cover for our ministry. Um, I also came to Bangkok, Thailand to translate a the fire Bible study note into Vietnamese. So as I received the gospel through missionaries, and now God has called me to be missionary and my husband to bring the gospel back to the Vietnamese people in Cambodia. And the story does not end there. Four years ago, we came to Cambodia. God uh, let us meet with a girl, a young girl named Phu Lai. And you go to the next picture. Yeah. Fupla is the daughter of the coffee vendors that we met when we were wandering around the village trying to share the gospel with people. And Fupla is 16 years old, but she already had a hard life. Um, uh, she only able to finish second grade. And every day at 4 a.m. in the morning, she had to get up, get prepare the coffee and everything for her mom and her to sell. So when we first met Fupla, she was very shy. And she was very hopeless. But now God has transformed her. Fubla, now she loves God and she really loves to study the Bible. And um, 
she has now Phúc Lợi has hope in Christ and now she's helping us, uh, us with our children ministry um, one time she called me and said teacher I want to share with you something and she said now I know what I want to do with my life God wants me to stay here in Cambodia to share the gospel with the Vietnamese in Cambodia I want to study more to be able to teach the children how to read and write and be wandering around the village sharing the gospel with people. And I want, I told the Lord that I want to dedicate my life to serve Him and share the gospel with the lost Vietnamese and help building up Vietnamese churches in Cambodia. I was, when she shared that to me, I was surprised and I was amazed and I was proud. <laughs> She's my, my student, you know. But I'm amazed at the way that God has transformed her life from someone who was so hopeless into someone who is so in love with him and wanted to dedicate her life to serve him. And it gives us the reason to hope for great things that God will do in her life and the life of many other young people that we come to meet with. Yeah. Amen. And this is a picture of Queen baptizing Fuplai. Yeah. Praise God. Okay, I want to reflect on Queen's story for a second because I think it's so cool. Uh, her life is really the story of missions coming full circle. The Assemblies of God missionaries from America were sent to Vietnam, and they led Queen to the Lord, and God called her to be a missionary. So the cycle starts all over again as we now go and reach others like Phuc Lai and others. They begin reaching their own people, and the cycle continues. And God is multiplying his kingdom, and we're just honored to be a part of it. Amen. Okay, um, well, next, Queen is actually going to be the one to share the sermon this morning, and I think you guys will really enjoy it. Um, so thank you for letting me share. So mm, this morning, uh, the title of my sharing is The Whole Church Taking the Whole Gospel to the Whole World. And before uh, doing that, I would want to pray. God, thank you for you here with us. We come to church because we want to meet with you in a closer way. And to enjoy your presence. Thank you, God, for being here. I pray that Holy Spirit, you anoint me and anoint the listener right now. So that your word will come and touch life and transform life. God, I pray and I want to dedicate this time, the service into you. And I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning, my prayer is for that, is that all of us would have a fiery passion and a burden for the lost. Why is that? It is because that's God's heart. God's heart is broken for billions of people out there that don't know him. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20, the words say, uh, can someone go to the next slide? Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is 
Jesus recommissioned for us. And now let us try to understand the intensity of the moment. Jesus has died on the cross to save us from our sin. And he rose up to life to be victorious over death. And now here in this mountain, and he's about to ascend to heaven. Right in this mountain, he says, he said these last words for us. And if this is Jesus' last words on earth for us, don't we think that it's so important that we have to take it serious and we have to listen and obey? So let us not take the command of Christ to go and make disciples of the nations and we reduce this down as an option or as something that few can choose to take part in. Today, the tendency to say that making disciples of the nations, sharing the gospel to the world, that is the work of missionary. I don't feel like called to this mission thing. When people say this, they think of mission as a small program of a church, of the church, and only several people choose to take part in. Meanwhile, the rest of the church will sit back and we watch the slideshow every time missionary come and show. But in the end of the day, we don't feel like called to this mission thing. But Jesus didn't say, go and make disciples of the nations if you feel like this is your calling. Jesus was in a mountain, commanded all the disciples to go and make disciples of the nations. So this great commission is not only for pastors or for just for missionaries or several church workers. The Ray Commission is for all the disciples. It means it's for all Christians. It means it's for all churches. And it is for all, every one of us here. I know that we all have different gifts and talents. But each of us without different gifts and talents can use our gifts and talents to participate in the Ray Commission of God. Um... I remember God called me when I was 22 years old. Uh, That's the day I came to a um, a factory, a big factory in Vietnam to help the the worker to register for the health check. It was 8 a.m. in the morning. I was standing on a bus looking outside. I saw thousands of workers walking to work. And at that moment, God spoke to me. He said, Queen... Do you know where these people are walking to? They're walking their way to hell without the gospel. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. When God spoke to me like that on the bus, I was standing there and I was crying. I said, God, I will be the worker. I will be your worker, your servant in the harvest field. And after that, God opened doors for me to involve in different kinds of ministry. Um, I start teaching children class, foundation class. I help translating. Um, I volunteer in working with refugee, working with prostitution ministry. I also went on many mission trips to um, bring the gospel to the people in remote villages. Um, so I became the servant of God in a way that every time God called me into a ministry, I was willing to do. So at the moment that I told God, God, I will be your worker, your servant in the harvest field. 
I didn't know exactly what I was supposed to do. But one thing I did is every door that God opened and guided me in, I would step in one by one and step by step. And I believe that's this one example of how every one of us with our different gifts and talents can participate in the Great Commission of God. Um, um, when talking about mission trips, uh, I learned a lot from them. And today I would want to share one story. It is one time when we went on mission trip in Vietnam, we uh, went about for about one week uh, teaching the Bible to the people in remote villages. So one time we came to a village. Um, okay, so the picture, it's just one rent, one of the time we came on our mission trip. So I just put it right there. Uh, and we, I was teaching children. So one time we came to a village named Kohal village. The Kohal village is so far and deep in the jungle. And the road to the Kohal village is very difficult. It's up and down and slippery and narrow. So we came there and minister and we, um, we pull us out to the, the work. We taught Bible. We did great. But by the end of the week, we're all exhausted and tired and ready for some rest. So we got on a bus and get back to the city to rest. Um, but soon after we left the village, a bus gets stuck in mud. And the road is like mud and then up to the hill. And a bus gets stuck. And it was late in the afternoon. And um, the bus driver told us to all get out of the bus, to lighten the bus so that he can help, try to help the bus to drive through, get out of the mud. And um, it stopped raining outside. And we were in the middle of nowhere. We looked around. We didn't see any house. And the, it's dark, get dark really fast. And we ate all the snack that we brought with us. So we were hungry, exhausted, cold, tired. And, uh, yeah, that's a, a friend, a friend's face. And the, the driver told us, and we pray hard so that God can help the bus move, but it could not move. It did not move. So the driver told us, Guys, we have to get out of here. So all of you has to push the bus. So all of us had to push the bus. And I was pushing by the side too. <laughs> it's not in the picture. Everyone pushed the bus. But it did not move. And at this moment, we start to get worried. And we start to complain a little bit in our heart. We said, God, we did break for you this week. We did ministry. Why? Why you let us get stuck in this mud? And then we look up in the hill and we, actually in the corner of the hill, there was a house and the house made from straw and clay. And when we saw the house, we quickly ran to that house to avoid the rain. And this is this very sad house of a young couple. And their mom was sick, lying down on bed. And the house was very poor. There's some uh, dim light coming from the oil lamp. lamp and um, they were so poor that they had nothing to offer us. They didn't give 
offers any white rice or fish sauce or corn, nothing. And we were, our team was there and we all, and of course they didn't have table or chair. So we all, you know, agent squat. Oh, uh, I can squat here for you to see. That maybe agent do it, but American don't do it. So we, we sit like this and we don't know what to do. And we start singing. We sing, then sing my soul, my savior God to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. We sang in Vietnamese. And we sang many other songs. And we start talking with the couple. And we pray for their mom. And we're there for about two hours. And there, the helper came. And you go to the next picture. Yeah. There was a tractor came. And the tractor pulled our bus out of the mud. And uh, we were so happy got on the bus and get back to the city right at that night. Two years went by. We almost forgot about the story. One day we met with the evangelist that taking care of the area and he asked us, he said, do you know that now we have a new church in our area? And we, we was like, really? Where? And he said, the church in the straw and clay house. Wow, we said, wow, how come? Why this church there? And he, we was very surprised. And he said, do you know the day that you guys, uh, boss gets stuck in the mud and um, you came, your team came? The young couple, they already know the Lord, but they were so discouraged and they was thinking about abandoning their faith. And then you came and you sang and the words of your song lift the spirit up. And you talk to them, they got encouraged. And you pray for their mom, God heals their mom. And they decided to stand up to get back to with God and get back to the church. And today, nowadays, they rise up to be the leader of their house church in their house. We will, wow. God used us to build up his church. And you remember what we did? And we did not do anything special. We would, and we were the people of hungry and tired and cool. And, but that showed, that was very clear that all the glory come to him, to God. We, we didn't do anything. We just did some normal thing like every Christian does. We sing a song, we pray, and we talk. But God used us. So after this story, I learned um, about two things. Sometimes The first thing is sometimes when things happen and we think that an interruption, but God turns it into opportunities for his great thing. And also, the second thing is, this story reflects one of the facts about missions, ministry. Missions is not always fun or exciting. There will be times we feel like tired, weak. We feel like we get stuck in the middle of nowhere. But as long as we make ourselves available to Him, God will use us for His great purpose. 
and of course all the glory come to him. Yeah. So God has called all of us to obey the Great Commission. So every one of us should be actively involved in the missions, whether we stay here in America or or go to another country. So what can we do? How can each of us can be part of the Great Commission? Well, today I present three things, three things that every one of us can do. First is to pray. Second is to give. And third is to go. So, um, pray, talking about praying first. As a missionary, I would want to say that we desperately need your prayer. And today, uh, I have a short video clip, uh, that described about the spiritual darkness, uh, darkness of Buddhism that explain why prayer is so important. Another temple nearby is a uh, tattoo temple where tattoos are applied by demon-possessed monks who are using uh, spirit-possessed ink they concocted themselves that includes bits of hair or body parts from dead ancestors. And, uh, and they believe that applying these tattoos are ways of keeping bad spirits out but what it actually happens is they're invoking the power of demonic spirits uh, into the the people that they're tattooing uh, during the annual Y crew uh, day Thai people by the thousands who's received tattoos from these monks come to that temple and as they sit there in this massive crowd uh, you'll see one after another after another suddenly become demon-possessed and they begin to shake and shout and some run around and, and hurt themselves and have to be restrained. They have guards on duty to, to help take these people out as they uh, demonstrate demonic influence in their in their life. Yeah. So I show this uh, video because uh, some people will think were asked like Buddhism is a peace um, peaceful religion why bother going to a Buddhist Buddhism country Buddhist country but actually Buddhist is not as peace as people think it's very dark and especially Thai Buddhism and Cambodian Buddhism is very similar yeah so there is war going on on the spiritual realm and when you step into a country like Cambodia was about 98% lost. You can feel the spiritual dark cloud that's hover above the country. And if we want the gospel to come to this place, we have to be fervent in prayer. So prayer helps us to fight in spiritual warfare. It can break through those spiritual dark clouds. It can break through the strongholds of Satan. And it can break through the hard soil in the heart of people. And it paves the way for missionary to come and sow the seed of the gospel. It is like in war. Before you send your troops to fight with the enemies, you need to send aircraft with bombs to go 
before. To bombs the lanes of the enemy, to break through the strongholds of an enemy's first. And then after that, you will send your children or your troop to fight. In the same way, as missionary, before we come to another country, we need churches and Christians to send before us your prayer. And your prayer will demolish the strongholds of Satan in our, this country. And they will help our work become more effective. So prayer is so important. And the second we want, I want to say, give. In our culture, we like to buy nice and fancy things for ourselves first. And then the leftover we might give to missions. But missions deserves more than a leftover. It should be a priority in our giving. So the worst of God say, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So the way we handle with our money, the way we give to missions, it will reflect a real heart to our Lord. So let us be the people that give regularly, generously, and sacrificially to our Lord. Um, I would want to use an analogy like this. You imagine if someone fall into a dry well that's uh, not not died yet, just unconscious. And then this one person volunteered to come to that dark well to rescue that hurt person. But the volunteer person cannot do that alone. He needs a, a rope tied around his waist and a group of people up there hold the ropes for him to let him down and pull him up. So in the same way as missionary, before we go, we need a rope tying around our waist. And a group of churches and people hold the rope for us. Church, your ropes for missionaries are your financial giving and your prayer. We cannot do that alone. And I would want to say that the person who holds the rope is not any less important than who go. We just different do our different jobs, our different roles in the missions of God. So, pray, give. Yeah. And maybe some of you sometimes wondering, oh, when I pray for missionaries, when I give to missions, does it make any difference? I would want to say, that yes, it makes a difference. Because I'm here today, because God touches heart of people to send missionary of churches to send missionary to Vietnam to share the gospel with me. So yes, I'm a living testimony to the fact that missions work and lives are transformed because of your giving and your prayer. So Giving and prayer. Third, I would want to say is go. Let every one of us go and bring the gospel to our family, to our friends, to our neighbors, to our co-workers. And we can, can bring the gospel to the people in other cities through mission trips or nations to the mission trips. And pray about the possibility that God is calling you to be full-time missionary. 
Now I'm not saying that all of us have to go and be full-time missionary. But I believe that God is calling more to be full-time missionaries. The words in Ma- of God in Matthew chapter 9, verse 37 and 38, Jesus said, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send our workers into his harvest field. Friends, did you ever pray for the Lord of the harvest to send our workers into his harvest field? Did you ever pray for the possibility that God is calling you to be forth, to be his workers in his harvest field? And when he does, will you have the willingness to step up and to go according to his calling? God's word in Isaiah chapter 6 says, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And the prophet Isaiah said, Here am I, send me. How about us? Will you say the same as the prophet said? Will you say yes to the Lord like many pastors, missionaries, and church workers did? I said yes to the Lord when I was 22 years old. The girl I present earlier, Fubla, she said yes to the Lord to dedicate her life to serve Him when she's 16 to share the gospel with the lost people. How about us? So let us all to go, all go and actively involve in the missions work of in the church, in the neighbor, in the nearby city and in the nations. So church, I want you to know that you play a vital part in the missions of God. Like I said, my life has been changed because God works through churches to send missionaries to my country. But I am only one. But this billion of people out there, like me when I was a younger, waiting to hear the gospel. And God has called our family to go and bring the gospel to the Vietnamese in Cambodia. So I call for church to partner with us, to send us. Will you hold the rope for us so that together we can bring the light of the gospel to these people that are trapped in darkness? So let's pray. God, we're thankful for your word. We're thankful first. For you love us. You see us precious. You let us sit in your arms. You comfort us. You walk through lives with us. Wow. We not deserve. But you choose to see us as someone so important and you love us. That's a big love that we enjoy. I pray that you will call, wake us up so that we will not only keep that love for ourselves. But we share that love to people around us. People in a family and neighbors and in the world. I pray if you remind us of your great commission for our life. I pray that you encourage, encourage us so that to step up and say yes to your calling for whatever work that or ministry that you want us to do. We love you, Lord, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.
Amen. Thank you for sharing. That's, that was very good. Jackie, would you come, please? Amen. Let's give her a round of applause. That's good. Thank you. You know, we'd like to um, end today by singing a, singing a song, and we'd like you, if you could, could you come back up here, and we're going to play, we're going to sing the song, what's the name of it? How Great Thou Art? And could you sing it in Vietnamese for us? And we're going to sing it in English, so you're not going to be singing alone. Stand with me, if you will. And I'm going to give you this, and we'd love to hear Vietnamese. My singing is really bad. No, it's good. It's good. We're gonna... I don't know music thing, so I just sing whatever way I feel. Okay. Hồn người khen Chúa, cứu Chúa tôi Đức Chúa trời. Lớn bay duy ngài, quyền bình thay ngài. Hồn người khen Chúa, cứu Chúa tôi Đức Chúa trời. Duy ngài đại năng, cao cả quyền oai. Khi xem muôn vật cho tay chân chúa sáng tạo chung hơi chúa của tôi lòng cam xúc bao kinh sợ tôi xem sao trời tôi nghe muôn tiên sông đền ri khắp khắp đó đây quyền của chúa ôi vô bờ hồn người khen chúa cứu chúa tôi đức chúa trời lớn bay duy ngài quyền bình thay ngài hồn người khen chúa cứu chúa tôi đức chúa trời duy ngài đại năng cao cả quyền oai amen thank you so much thank you oh lord my god when I in awesome wonder Consider all the works thy hands have made I see the stars I hear the rolling thunder Thy power throughout the universe displayed Then sings my Father, we thank you so much for this day today. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in Cambodia through the Briners. And Lord, and help us to take that challenge that Queen has given to us seriously. Help us to really pray about what we can do. Help us to pray for them. Help us to be that rope around their waist that we would hold them up and support them as they're in the point at the point of the spear as they are clearly in the mission field doing a great work in a very Buddhist country a dark world a dark country if we think it's dark here God we couldn't we can't imagine what the things that they face on a regular basis we, we pray for them we lift them up and Lord help us to pray about our giving Lord help us to increase what you would have us to do and then Lord help us to go and that means go here locally we, maybe we can't go to Cambodia but we can go in Charlevoix we can go in the areas that we're a part of, the, the sphere of influence that we have, and help us to be productive and effective there. 
We pray blessings now on them and for all the missionaries that we represent because we we support numerous missionaries here. God, we pray for all of our missions today. We pray, God, you'd strengthen them and be with them, protect them. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said with me, amen. Amen. Be blessed. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for singing a beautiful song.